0: Or on a team, coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host Rafael and his guests on this unique journey in coaching.
1: Hi, I'm Sifu Rafael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. Today's guest is a real inspiration. Andrea Harkins has so much to offer that I wonder if she even sleeps. She's a published author, motivator, life coach, public speaker, martial arts instructor, and in her spare time hosts a popular podcast called "The Martial Arts Woman." Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Andrea. So
0: I'm I have so many.
1: I, I appreciate that. I have so many questions for you. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Hopefully, I can answer
1: them. Oh, I'm sure you um, will. How did you get started with coaching and? You bring so much experience. Can you, can you share that with us?
0: Yeah, I began coaching about seven years ago, actually. And the reason I began was I had this urge really to change the world for the better, to do something positive, to change the world. And I had been a martial artist, been a martial artist for like 32 years, 31 years. And I wanted to somehow bring positivity and martial arts to the world, to even non-martial artists, to help everybody kind of learn how to have a martial art mindset. So I began doing this, what I call a mission, about seven years ago. And it's just been something inside of me that I have always had to, to want to help change the world for the better. And as you know, we're currently in a pandemic, so it's even more important right now to coach others on how to be more positive. And I often use martial arts as a base for that because people are drawn to martial arts. Even non-martial artists like to hear about that martial art mindset or what is martial arts all about? And that really draws people to listen to me or read some of the things I write. And that, that's how it all began.
1: Right, right. And, and so you are an accomplished author as well, correct?
0: Yes, I've written two books. I'm working on my third right now. They also follow my mission of positivity in martial arts. The first book that I wrote is called The Martial Arts Woman. And although it sounds like it's a book only for women, it really isn't. But half of the book is about my life and about how martial arts applies to who I am. And the other half is written by various other women in martial arts who tell very unique and exciting and motivated stories about how they used martial arts in their lives. So it's not about necessarily their style or what they do in martial arts. It's more about how they apply martial arts to their lives. And sometimes it's about self-defense. Sometimes it's about overcoming an illness. There are several, well, not several, but a few stories in there about women with cancer and how they use a martial art mindset to continue through their treatment. So the stories are just so interesting and unique that I think it really inspires any reader. The other book is called Martial Art Inspiration for Everyone, which is like a daily reflection that you can read with a little bit of a martial art twist how to overcome obstacles in your life, how to overcome negativity, make today a powerful day, whatever it might be. There's like one topic per page and you just read it and you get inspired to go through your day. The third book I'm working on right now is called How to Start Your Own Martial Art Program, which I started long before the pandemic, obviously. Mm. And But I think it'll be useful after the pandemic because those who have lost their school or those who have lost ability to teach them where they typically taught, are gonna look for new ways to start their programs. And this book is all about how to use like local community centers or retirement centers or schools or different places that maybe you didn't think about before where you can maybe start a program and continue with your teaching journey. So those are the, the books that I've been working on and I'm also a, a professional magazine writer i write for several martial art magazines and it it all takes a lot of effort and work but it's all centered on my coaching and my mission of making the world a better place
1: nice nice so can you expand on you said martial arts mindset as a martial artist i totally understand that but somebody who may not do martial arts right now what is a martial arts mindset
0: Martial art mindset is really different, I would say, for each martial artist. But I really generalize the martial art mindset as the ability to apply certain types of techniques for martial arts to your life or to connect martial art activities or successes that you've had directly to your life. And I'll give you an example of that. When I was a green belt, when I was going for my green belt at my green belt exam, my, my test, I was called up to do a board break. And the board break was a jump front kick. And the instructor had a couple of one inch boards he was holding up. And I had never broken a board up to that point. Mm. So the first time that I have to, I'm tasked with breaking a board is at my green belt exam. And he said, if you do it right, you do the technique, you have nothing to worry about. Well, my mindset was, I can't do, do this. I've never done this before. <laughs> right, right. So, and there was a big audience. This is one of those tests where they brought in students from all around the city and, and different things. So, I, that's my first thought. I cannot do this. So, I jump up, I do this front jump, front kick, but my bounce is off the board. You know, there's no break. <laughs> and mm there's the, the audience kind of, you hear kind of this little hush goes through the audience where they're starting to feel embarrassed for you. Mm-hmm. So he said, Anchor, you can do this. Just jump up and do it. So I felt a little better. He said, I can do it. I jump up, the same exact thing happens. So now I'm two board breaks in that I can't break these boards and my mindset is negative and I'm concerned. But I mm-hmm. tell myself, there's only one way you're going to break this board, Andrea. And that is if you decide that you truly can do it. So I said, give me a minute. And I turned around and I just took a couple of minutes to think and breathe and tell myself, I can do this. I can do this. Other people do this all the time. I can do this. And I turned around, did the kick, broke the board. And it was the easiest board break after. It just was just my foot just, glided through the boards like they were butter. And the truth is that mindset is everything when it comes to success.
2: And in
0: life now, in life, anytime I come upon an obstacle, and I do all the time, just like everybody, and I face that, I look at the obstacle and I think, I can't do this. This is not something I know how to do. And the minute I think about that, I go back to the the board break moment, the green belt board break. And I tell myself, I can do that. I can do this. If I can achieve a black belt, I can do this. So I just correlate martial arts to my life. And that's how I overcome my obstacles. And that's how I push ahead. Every day has board break moments in it.
1: So you, you would you would say that them. that board breaking experience truly changed your life and, and your thought it process. Did. Wow, that's pretty yeah, cool. it did. That is really cool. How yeah, old were you when you first started taking martial arts?
0: I wasn't a child. I was uh, married a year. I think I was 27 mm. when I began. Wow. And my husband and I learned it together. We did a lot of martial art things together, which is fun and exciting. We went all the way through our second degree black belts together. Mm. We had four children.
2: Wow. We Congratulations. We had a
0: martial Thank you. We had a martial arts program that we did for many, many years. We taught underprivileged kids together for seven years for free. We've done a lot of things. We had our own program at a YMCA that we taught for many years. And we'll be married in February for 33 years.
1: Wow. Congratulations. That is. (laughs) Nowadays, you don't hear that often.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) So let me ask you,
1: a lot of people, they start their martial arts journeys when they're younger and whatever. What inspired you both to start at 27 for you and and how uh, old your husband was? He
0: was 26. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a year younger. Oh, okay. So Um,
1: what inspired you guys to do it?
0: Now, I was not inspired in any way whatsoever to to learn martial <laughs> arts. <laughs> My husband had taken some of it a little bit when he was younger, and he always had an interest in it. and mm. he he noticed that the local community center had martial arts classes, and he said, "Hey, why don't we go and just do this together and try this together?" So we went to the the first class, and I've told this story many times. It's just funny to me, mm. but we went to the first class and I absolutely hated it. Really? People were yelling. <laughs> yeah. People were yelling. People were throwing each other because they had all belt levels. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a class just full of like between white and black belts all over, just broken off in the groups. And people were yelling and throwing each other and breaking boards. And I just, I just looked at this place and I remember them saying, okay, guys, just sit on the sidelines for a minute, take, you know, watch and see what we, some of the things we do. I just remember sitting there with this dust kind of swirling around me, thinking, there is no way I'm ever doing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that was my bit of a rocky start to martial arts. But what happened was I told myself, stick with it, give it 100%, and see what happens. And this was a really pivotal time in my life because I, up to this point, I had never really given 100% of myself to anything never really tried 100% at anything, always fear of failure, fear of rejection, Mm. fear that I couldn't do it. So this was the first time, another pivotal moment through martial arts that I decided I'm going to give 100% and see what happens. And so I did that and I started realizing that I was actually good at it. I mean, who who would have thought? I wasn't an athletic person that I was aware of, and yet... instructor would always point out my focus and he would always say, look at Andrea. And I would be like a beginner and all these people would look at me and I didn't realize I was doing anything any different than anyone else. But I really had a very strong sense of focus and desire to really learn this and become this. And um, so over time, I I gradually really started to enjoy it and eventually started teaching for my instructor and that led into the other things. But that was how I began my martial art. I would never really was inspired to do it. But uh, once I began, I really did. And I really did enjoy
1: it. Sounds like you had a really uh, good martial arts instructor who not only spotlighted you when you did something right, but also encouraged you. And I think that was a push for you. So it sounds like you had someone in your corner and not realizing it. And a lot of times people... Mm-hmm are afraid of martial arts because maybe what they see in the movies or this or that, the other, and they don't realize the potential that they have and it's hidden inside of them. And it's, 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 you got to give kudos to your husband for taking you and, uh, you know, letting you find out, you know, what your potential was. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, very true. And yeah, the instructor was really super. The other instructors under him were really great and encouraging but you have to also remember this was at a time when there were not a lot of women learning mm-hmm. martial arts. Mm-hmm. And there were only a couple of women in class and maybe one female instructor. I, w- I never really felt intimidated by it. And looking back, it seems like it's such a big thing today because class is now are a little bit more integrated. Mm-hmm. With boys and girls and men and women. But back then it was just different. It was a different time. so that experience in itself is something that I talk about a lot now too, because people say, well, did you feel intimidated? Or did you feel like you weren't accepted? And I never felt any of those things. So that's, that's how, you know, you have a good instructor. And that's how, you know, it's a good program because you don't have to waste your time thinking about those things. You're just there as a student.
1: Right. Right. So going through all this training with you and your husband When did you realize you wanted to share that knowledge that you were
0: getting? That was, uh, I always knew I wanted to do that. But after we received our first degree black belt, we decided we wanted to teach our own program outside of the the program that we were teaching for our instructor.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: that's when we began this volunteer program that we did at a low-income neighborhood where the kids really didn't have a lot of opportunities. And there was a community center there for for this community. And we went in there and said, we'd like to come in and teach martial arts for free for the kids in the neighborhood. The only thing we ask is that they contribute $5 once and we'll provide a uniform and all of the classes that they ever want. So we wanted to give them a chance to feel responsible by right. giving their $5, mm-hmm. but then to offer everything else for free. And this is supposed to be a one-year volunteer effort, where my husband and I could create our program as we went, we could hone our teaching skills, at the same time, we could make a the community. It, it just really seemed like the perfect way for us to grow in, in our own teaching and our martial arts and our ability to encourage each other. And it was supposed to be a year long, but it lasted for seven years. <laughs> That's <laughs> and awesome. We. Yeah, we were there longer than any employee. Every year it seemed like the employees would change or whatever, but we were still there. And so the kids knew us from year to year. And there's a really amazing story that came out of this. And that is that there were two, a brother and sister, and had been training with us for quite a while. And their caregiver passed away. Mm. It was their grandfather. And suddenly they had no family. And the brother came to me and he said, will you adopt us? Oh, wow. And man, my heart was, was broken for these kids. Mm. And my husband and I talked about it and we said, well, if no one steps up, then we will, we will adopt them. And we started sort of looking into it and figuring out how we would do this. We already had our, our first child and we, we, started thinking about how can we integrate them into our family, what do we need to do. During that process of time, however, another family member from another state came and, and took them and we never really had a chance to you know, say goodbye. Mm. Um, they just went with the family member because they were children. Right, right. But last year, last year, the brother called me mm. and he found my phone number, texted me, I can't remember social media or whatever. And he said, do you remember who I am? And I was like, yes, I remember who you are. I almost adopted you. And so we reconnected
1: all these years later.
0: That's great. So it's a great story about how martial arts truly changes people. Absolutely. And how it makes connections.
1: And and just the passion that you and your husband had to do this willingly with, you know, I I Mm -hmm. think the, the biggest payback for you guys was the kids, right? what they got out of it and what you gave them and what they gave you back was probably bigger than what you could have given them Mm -hmm. um, because it's so rewarding, you know, when you do something special for someone. So during this time that you guys were doing this, what kind of jobs did you guys have? How did you support yourselves?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, we've never supported ourselves on martial arts or coaching Mm -hmm. or any of the martial art things that I've done. Mm -hmm. I don't financially support myself on those things, although I nearly full-time job doing those things outside Mm -hmm. of my other full-time job. So um, I, in the past, my husband's always been self-employed. He has an online retail store, I guess Mm -hmm. you'd say. And I, and even all those years, years ago before it was really popular, he's been doing this online. And I've been in a variety of roles, mostly legal-related, I work. As a private investigator for eight years back in the 1980s. Then I moved into becoming a paralegal, and I worked that for a long, long time. Right now, I work in a legal department at a power company as um, in compliance. So my jobs have been really legal related almost all of my life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, that's that's what we've done to support ourselves. And
1: of course, of course, and a lot
0: of times I don't even charge. For things you know sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a giving thing right, right. but that's where I've gotten my, my experiences
1: gotcha what, what's your favorite part about coaching
0: my favorite part is really related to my mission of changing the world it's really positively influencing others to be the person that they want to be everyone has a vision of who they want to be and a lot of times we're discouraged about who we actually are may be looking in the mirror and thinking, I wish I wasn't overweight, or I wish I felt differently about myself. Whatever it is that you see, sometimes this doesn't match the person that you want to be. But I like to tell people that they can be that person. It just requires action and it requires steps. Just in martial arts, you can't become a black belt overnight. You have to take the steps. You have to be patient. You have to make mistakes along the way, but eventually you get there. So I just like to remind people in, in the type of coaching that I do, anything is possible for you, but it does require action. It does require effort. And you have to be willing to put in the time to make the changes. And my favorite thing is just simply seeing them acknowledge that they can be the person that they want to be.
1: Nice. Andrew, let me ask you, do you currently have mentors now or coaches?
0: Do I have mentors or coaches? No. Okay. I, I've never had a mentor or coach. I've never relied. And the same thing, I also have a blog that I write, The Martial Arts Woman,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: sometimes combines my podcast and sometimes is just a philosophical blog. And I always said I, I don't look toward other mentors or coaches because I want a totally unique vision. I want a unique perspective that other people maybe don't have, and I don't want to. I don't want to change that by relying on what other mentors might tell me mm-hmm. or their perspective. If that makes any sense, I no. really just yeah, try absolutely. You want to true.
1: You want to bring your own. Mm-hmm. I get that absolutely. And one of the things that you do is you help so many people. Why did you decide to do the podcast? And how did you start doing podcasting?
0: The podcast is just like another step in my journey. And I really hadn't thought a lot about it. I was doing a blog. I was writing, doing a lot of writing. And I'm often on other people's podcasts, like I'm on yours today. Right, right. And a woman was interviewing me on her podcast. And we talked for a while and did the interview. And she published it out. And I went and looked at it. And I thought, you know... I could do this. This is something I could do. And I thought to myself, well, what would I want to do? And it just immediately came to me because it's been the same. My husband laughs. He's like, you've been with the same vision and mission for seven years now called The Martial Arts Woman. And your focus is always on The Martial Art Woman. So I thought, well, this might be a great opportunity to feed off that first book that I did, The Martial Arts Woman, where I published chapters about other women. And maybe this time I can actually talk to women and learn more about them. I don't. I do ask them about their martial arts training and their styles and their rank. I do ask those questions, but then I ask the bigger questions about why? Why did you learn martial arts? Why is it important for women to know a martial art? How do you apply these martial arts to your life? And there are some. There are a few trends that I've noticed in these conversations with women. And one is that many of them have been abused, sexually abused, domestic violence, whatnot, and that pushed them to learn a martial art. The other is that even if they were in one of those circumstances in in the past, that they're empowered by martial arts now, and many of them are actually entrepreneurs and controlling their own lives now. So there's this great trend that I've noticed, but that's not why I started it, the reason I started it was really just to get to know these women. They are like treasure chests. There is never just a woman who says, I'm a martial artist and a mother. No, I'm a martial artist. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I have my own podcast. I'm a musician. I have albums. I I create these programs to help underprivileged kids all over the world. Their stories are just so rich. And the stories have never been told. And that's the other reason I wanted to do this was to finally tell these stories that people don't know I and mean, they don't often get to hear.
1: That's really cool. How, how often do you um, put your podcast out?
0: The podcast is generally published every week. Sometimes I skip a week or two depending on, and I do them in order of how I record them. So if one podcast is particularly long, which is what I'm working on right now, it takes a lot more effort to, to edit. But generally I, I publish two to four a month mm-hmm. and I interview people every week or every other week, something like that.
1: Nice, nice. Was it easy or was it hard to start podcasting?
0: For me, it was very easy. I use a software that's very easy and very straightforward. I personally use Skype for my calls and I record right on Skype. Perfect. It, and the questions, and I ask people to send me their biographies and then I create questions based on what they send me. But I try to tell them, tell me more than just about your training. Tell me about some of the difficulties in your life. Tell me about what you've been through in certain times and how you've overcome those because I want it to be inspiring and uplifting others. But that's that's how I do it. I don't find it a difficult task. I find it fun and I find it enjoyable, but it is time-consuming.
1: Oh, without a doubt. So would you say that listening to your podcast, especially for a young lady or any woman, it would help them understand that no matter where they are in their life, they can get into martial arts and they can make a difference mm-hmm. in their life.
0: Yeah, would, absolutely.
1: Would you say that your podcast has definitely helped?
0: Yeah. I always, one of the last questions I ever ask in the podcast is to these martial art women is what advice would you give to? to a woman interested in learning a martial art. Because you touched on it a little bit earlier when you said sometimes people are fearful of trying a martial art, they don't really know what to expect because they only see movies. Mm -hmm. And that's very true women as well. They don't know what to expect, which inhibits them from learning it or from trying it. So I like to get that piece of advice in the podcast. But the other thing that will help any woman and any person is the fact that these women basically overcome obstacles and move forward. As opposed to a lot of us in the world who we have an obstacle, we have a trauma, we have a a difficult issue and yet we can't get past it. These women are like the proof that you move on. If you move on, you can find the right place to be in your life and you can improve, you can be positive. And so that sense of overcoming is just a a very great lesson that the podcast provides.
1: Nice. And because we're having such a a crazy year, what would you say is probably the most difficult part for kids in underdeveloped areas or in poor areas? Because they're not getting the help that they should be getting. Are you guys still helping them out or is that... That's already done.
0: No, that, I mean, that story was a long time ago. Got it. Uh, We are not teaching right now. So I don't really work with the kids as much. Since I moved to Tucson, I haven't been teaching.
2: Mm.
0: It was just sort of a life choice because I'm 57. And although I love teaching, I also don't want to commit my time as much as I have in the past. So I would just say that there are always kids who need extra help. If you can, if you're an instructor, and you can help kids who are in a lower income neighborhood, or you can help kids who don't have money to pay for classes, just as I did all those years ago, it truly does make a difference. And during pandemic, of course, things are even worse because kids aren't getting maybe their social interactions they usually get and thrive on. Mm -hmm. So it's important for everyone. And of course, we know that When it comes to like self-defense issues that women and kids are a little bit more in the vulnerable spectrum and martial arts and self-defense are are important.
1: Nice. Have you realized that some of the women who come on your podcast are connecting with one another and are they or have you created more of a group where they can actually uh, talk to one another?
0: I haven't necessarily created a group where they can talk to each other but they have connected with each other there there are many who have listened to another one of the podcasts and thought i want to connect with this person or this person is doing great work and maybe has some kind of scholarship program or they're doing some kind of work with kids in other countries and the martial art women on the show, or from all over the world, I'll be in, I'll be interviewing someone from India maybe uh, in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I've interviewed people in Sweden and Australia, and in the UK, in Canada, and it's a great way for these women to connect. So yes, uh, they've made connections through the podcast, and that's a really great thing to see as well. I see them connecting on Facebook. I get messages. Thanks for this particular podcast I was able to connect with her and it is creating a a great what I call a sisterhood martial artist all around the world.
1: Nice. Would you um, be able to give any advice to anybody who maybe went to walk or do what you do whether it's teaching or coaching or volunteering any advice that you might be able to uh, give
2: anyone?
0: I would say that Everyone at some point, if you're a martial artist, everyone at some point should teach it. You learn the most when you teach. And you also learn about people and make connections that you wouldn't otherwise have. Coaching is something that really needs to be a desire, something that you really want to do because your focus is on other people. Whereas when you learn martial arts, your focus is on yourself. All of those years of training that you do to get to your black belt or higher. The focus is on yourself. When you teach, you move that focus to other people, and that's what coaching is as well. You're moving a focus of yourself to other people. You might be using your own experiences, your own stories, your own martial arts as a way to inspire, but the focus is on the other person, and volunteering is is the same. I think that through any of these, teaching, coaching, or volunteering, you learn much about yourself. You probably don't know everything about yourself until you've done some the of these because it truly brings out a different part of your personality and a different part of who you are, the person that you see in that mirror sometimes when you're teaching or coaching or volunteering, you you look at that person and you feel fulfilled. So I would say everybody should try one of these and see if they have a talent or a skill that that fits that. That's it. I mean,
1: volunteering is about giving. I'm a martial arts instructor, and I have been for many years. I think the reason I teach and I I coach is because I'm trying to grow as a person myself. So the only reason I, I teach someone is so that I can be a student, because I'm learning every time I teach them a technique or a movement, and I see how they react to it. And that's very fulfilling to me. I learn from everyone I teach. And they don't realize that they're actually helping me become a better person. So that's, that's the beauty that I see when I teach someone.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It, you do become a better person. You become a better teacher. You become mm-hmm. uh, a better person. You become a better listener. The list goes on. You do become better because.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Andrew, you have been really incredible today. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your knowledge and your experience. And please keep, keep doing what you do. I mean, so many people need our help and it seems like you are just giving and giving and giving. When do you sleep?
0: (laughs) I know that's what people (laughs) ask. They're like, how do you do all this? Because if you look at my social media, it's very active. I'm often on there doing uh, live Facebook posts. I've, pictures, photos, kicks, motivation. Um, I do a lot of work on this side of things. I just, I only watch TV a little tiny bit, you know. I still exercise for myself, Mm -hmm. try to spend a little bit of time with the family and then I just focus on on all of this. So, you know, you do what you love.
1: Absolutely. And that's what keeps you young, right?
0: Right, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) Really, once again, thank you so much for taking the time. And sharing your story with us. Really appreciate it. And just keep going. Thank you. Thank you. I
0: well, you too. Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Coaching Call podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back next week with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.